2: February 14th, 2024, there has been a slew of Commanders news today as they've finalized their coaching staff. Adam Peters just brought in his assistant GM as well. News broke within the last five minutes. We're going to tell you who is coming to work for Adam Peters in D.C. Spoiler alert, I love it, and it's a pretty nice addition. We'll get to that in just a moment. Great show planned for you today. As we've been telling you all week long, 4 o'clock ahead of the Blitz, we've got tickets to see Nate Bargatze right here on Grant and Danny. Caught up with Will Compton out in Vegas at nice. the Super Bowl. Former Commanders linebacker. Had a great conversation with him. We'll play that conversation for you today at 3. We got so busy. We had so many great guests on. We never got to air it. And it would be sad be if you guys didn't hear it. Because he's too entertaining, too fun. And it was too good a conversation talking ball. So we'll play that at 3 o'clock today.
3: Danny, what's up? Man, Fast and Furious, like those movies you like where people are racing and then they jump out of planes and stuff, and then the FBI is involved and then they race too. All these coaching hires. We're filling out staffs. We're filling out front offices. I like it. So it was just, I did um, our normal, we, we each do a hit with uh, with DC News Now, right, that, uh, that usually airs in, in the evenings. And I just did mine, and they were like, what do you make of, of all the hires that Dan Quinn has made? And that was even before we knew that uh, who Adam Peters hired, which we'll tell you in a second. But I said, the point is, what's coming to light now is the promise or the 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 vision that Dan Quinn was able to sell to Peters and uh, you know the the ownership group and everybody else involved is people want, are going to want to work with me. I'm going to assemble a staff that's, I don't want to call it an all-star team because you never know, but these are pretty impressive names that are coming here to Washington. It's been exciting.
2: Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. You too, bud. I didn't get you anything. Me neither. I thought about getting you something. I wanted to bring you some chocolates. You know what I really like? Hmm. Remember this for next year. Hmm. Conversation hearts. Those little candies that oh, say yeah, the like little sayings on them, "Be mine" on them or something mm-hmm, like that. Sure. What What do you like? I'll file it away for next
3: year. You know, I I I like uh, rest and silence. Rest. I like calm. I can't give you. Can any you that. anybody give me that?
2: No. Yeah. Are, you don't like the little like chocolate candies or anything? Yeah. Eh. I mean, well, eat them. I'm not opposed. I'm What's like your go to the- candy?
3: Might be a Twix. Okay. Could be a Twix.
2: Maybe we'll get you a Twix next year. Be a Twix. The the f- best was when you were in grade school mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. Generally what we did, I don't know if you guys did it the same way. You're much older than me. You're very, very this old. This is true, Very old. Yeah. When you guys did it, who knows what kind of technology was even available to you at that point. We would take cereal boxes. We would wrap them and like uh, design them however we wanted to. Color them or paint them or something with our names on it. And then you would set up your cereal box that's covered in wrap, uh-huh. and then everyone would bring a Valentine for every person in the class. So, like me, I would get the football player ones that I thought were cool, and it was like to Danny from Grant, boy, girl, doesn't matter. You just mm-hmm. everyone gets you just a Valentine. It. Yeah, yeah. You get like a little piece of candy with it or something. You tape a lifesaver to it, and then you just had like twenty-three of those. It was one of the best days of the school
3: year. So this wasn't terribly well organized, and it was a. This was hard, okay? This is one of those, you're not sure where you stand, and then you find out real quick type situations. I think they've adjusted now so people feel less bad. But we had our sister school, National Cathedral School, along uh, with, with where I went to St. Albans. You would do these things. You would buy carnations, right? So you had to buy them, and the money went to whatever charity was was of choice, whoever organized it, right? So you're like, do I buy one for this person? We're buds, but like, do I, you know, do, does is Lisa really going to reciprocate? So it was like all kind of like calculated. So I remember one year, I was like, you know what? Seventh grade. I'm friends with a lot of these girls. I'm not dating anybody. Nobody wanted me, but I was like, at least I'm in pretty good standing. I think I bought 12 or 13 carnations. Attaboy. At a boy. For, you know, just, hey, you know, happy Valentine's Day, like whatever. Uh, no no overtures to it, but just like, I'm, you know, you're Made on my mind. A couple. But like, if somebody reciprocated, I'd be like, totally, we're dating now, but whatever. I got zero. I received 0.0, 0 carnations. I spent twelve dollars and got none back. I wrote notes <laughs> on each one and got zero. That was one of those. I think. I think. I'm, I think I'm in a good place. I realized I wasn't in the AP top twenty five. I wasn't in the coaches' poll. I wasn't also receiving votes. I was a one double A zilch. So you're not going to agree with what I'm about to say, then, huh?
2: Which is, I think Valentine's Day was one of the most underrated school days growing up. It was so good.
3: I used to think that, and then I got zero carnations in seventh grade. Understood. That hurt. I.
2: I'm not telling you I was getting a lot of carnations. Okay. We didn't necessarily do the carnation thing. My fondest memory, though, one of my greatest Valentine's Day gifts ever, my third grade girlfriend, and I use this term very loosely. Mm-hmm. I don't really, like, we, we said we were boyfriend-girlfriend. No, I, I get it. Yeah. It's because I went to her house a few times, like, hanging out with her brothers. Sure. And play football in the front yard. Yep. Her name was Faye McCardle. And uh, we, we were buddies and, I guess, right. dating somehow. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. But. She got me, for Valentine's Day, I got her a bear and some flowers and whatever. She got me a signed, like, piece of paper. And it just said, To Grant, I keep cheering for the team, from Joe Jacoby. <gasps> and it was awesome. I thought it was the coolest thing Little in the Jake, world. Jake Route
3: 66 it was piece? Like she, she
2: was a swimmer, and he, his daughter swam, and she always saw him at all these meets. And I always thought that was cool. So she was like, I'll get his autograph for you. And she gave it to me for Valentine's Day. But the best was, you get home... You pour your little cereal box out. You have all your Valentines. Everyone has a different couple. You might have a couple duplicates. Sure, sure, sure. Someone just grabbed the, someone's mom went in and grabbed the first box at Target or whatever. But for the most part, it was like on brand. You know, the the, the kid that loved playing basketball would give you, you know, the basketball player Valentines with like Sean Kemp and Penny Hardaway. (laughs) Dating myself a little bit here. Speaking of Penny Hardaway, how was Shaq the first player ever to have his jersey retired by the Magic? Yesterday? Did you know that? That's the first one? He got his jersey retired last night. I watched his speech for a couple minutes. He's the first guy. Penny's jersey isn't retired?
3: Man. That seems weird to me. Uh, Unless the Orlando Magic had that, like, Washington Redskins type policy where they just, we just sort of don't do that. And then there's this weird thing where a quarterback has to ask a former quarterback if he can wear his jersey or not, if, like, that's cool, which is Maybe that's the only way I could understand that. Like, pop a couple of those jerseys to the Raptors, bro. Like, it's not like you've been around for 100 years. He do Turkaloo's jerseys not retired by the Magic? Give me, just put Penny up there. You know, just start there. Just do a little Penny first. Do some Shaq. You don't have to get to Rashard Lewis or Jameer Nelson and company. But, like, you probably should retire a jersey. All
2: right. Commanders, coaching and front office news. Three minutes away. Hang tight. Let's go rapid fire through the other teams really quickly, though, off the top. Alex Ovechkin has done it again. Yes. The Caps played. The Caps lost. The lead, though, for the sixth time in as many games and the fifth straight game since the break, the Grade Eight scored a goal on the power play, sitting at his desk in his office.
3: Back right hand side for Oshie. Out of Carlson again. Near side, and Ovechkin scores. Alex Ovechkin's goal streak is intense. With exactly 11 minutes left, it's four to three.
2: John Walton on the call is heard right here on 1067, the fan last night. Ovi's playing good hockey. Again. Yes. I don't just mean scoring. 17 points in 16 Looks games. Looks like he's
3: moving well, a little more spry.
2: Skating yeah. better, no doubt about it. Uh, this is a much better version of him than we were seeing early in the year, and a big reason why the Capitals are averaging three and a half goals in their last six games, as opposed to the 2.3 they were averaging before that is ice times up to about 19 and a half minutes per game. But uh, look, I mean, you and I were we're contemplating for weeks. Is it time? When when do we start talking about Mm -hmm. being worried that Ovi's not going to get the streak? And our fear was, you know, two weeks in four weeks in six weeks into the season, we bring it up and then we look foolish. We waited until almost the break, and we discussed it. And maybe that's all it took was just us going out on a limb yep. to say, hey, maybe this thing's not going to happen. But since we did that segment, I think six games later, six goals later, really is incredible.
3: Here comes Ovi. And there was, again, we, we said this even at the time when we were going, this isn't guaranteed anymore. It felt like it was a done deal, like a season and a half, and he would he would already have the record. And, and this is because he's superhuman and time doesn't affect him. Now where we're going, he's way behind pace now. Even with that understanding that this is fluky bad luck, like just being on the ice in general, he should have more goals, like the the, the shot attempts, how unlucky he was, some of the bad bounces, goals taken off the board. Uh, you know, you, you lack some empty net goals because you're not winning as much. It was kind of fluky. He had as few as he did. There was bound to be a regression. I don't know if I counted on six goals in six games, but this is at least a, a, a sigh of relief. You're going, okay, this isn't just spinning wheels anymore. There's actually a a chance here to kind of get back on track. It'll take maybe a little longer than we thought, but we're not dead yet. Nationals
2: news today. It feels good on Valentine's Day to tell you that pitchers and catchers have reported. There was a sign. In fact, there's many signs, but there are pictures circulating of a sign that the Nationals put up uh, at their bullpen on the fence there at spring training. I don't care how fast your You throw ball four is the sign. And for some reason, Nats fans are really bothered by it. I think they're taking it as like anti-analytics and anti, uh, I don't know, good baseball practice. I'm not sure what the uproar is about. I think the point is, please don't walk people. You guys walked too many guys last year. Let's not do that. But it's being taken as some affront against analytics, from what I can tell. I'm not bothered by the sign, but some people are. That was the big story on day one of spring training today
3: today out of West Palm Beach. We don't have a measure for how unbothered I am by that. That's a that's a pretty good philosophy to throw the ball over the plate. We 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 should be okay there. Right? That that shouldn't be cause for upset. But you know what I mean, your spin rate and the the amount of uh, horizontal if you're walking people, none of that stuff matters.
2: I would be mad if the sign said I don't care about your spin rate. That's stupid. You should care. I don't care about your velocity. That is also dumb. The harder you throw, the more margin for error you have and the more difficult it is to barrel a baseball. I think we have information that suggests that. But that's not what the sign is saying. The sign is saying throw strikes before you worry about anything else.
3: Yeah, Nothing else matters if you don't throw strikes. Please don't walk people. We don't have a game if you
2: don't throw strikes. Uh, Some other news items. Mason Thompson being shut down for a couple weeks has an elbow issue over the winter that he suffered. The team says they're a little worried. That does not sound good. Nope, I don't like that. A reliever is supposed to pitch some critical innings for them. Stone Garrett we clap it up for Stone? Stone Garrett, everybody. Full go, ready for opening day, ideally. Remember last time we saw him. Gruesome injury, man. He was in tears on the warning track. Was that Yankee Stadium? At Yankee Stadium, yes. Oh, that was awful. I don't remember being that heartbroken watching an injury on the field in sports in a long, long time.
3: It was shades of Kevin Ware from, from Louisville. You know what I mean? Like you saw it and you went, oh no, that's so bad. This is so bad. When someone that's that big and strong and tough and incredibly handsome, is moved to that, you know it's serious. It's not your normal turned ankle.
2: Trevor Williams, the back-of-the-rotation starter, who I would have lost a lot of money on a bet, suggesting he's no longer going to be in the rotation going into year two, but he might be. Uh, he's going to show up in a couple of days. His wife is getting ready to give birth. So congratulations to the williams Is is Now on to the commanders, because we got all kinds of news to discuss. First coaching hirings today. They brought in a DB's coach in Tom Donatel, who comes over from the Chargers to help in the secondary. His dad you've heard of, Ed Donatel. Ed. 32 years an assistant in the National Football League, most recently uh, with the Minnesota Vikings in 2022. Daryl Tapp, who you've also heard of. He is a Virginia, Virginia Beach Tech. guy. Yeah. Went to Tech, played for the then Redskins, was on the San Francisco 49ers staff last year as their assistant D-line coach. They're bringing Tap home to be the D-line coach, which is cool. I like the mix of some of the young, recent former players. We see that trend around the league with head coaches. It's working, so you want as many of those guys on your staff in the building as possible. But the big splash coaching move made today was Anthony Lynn, 49ers run game coordinator and assistant head coach, running backs coach, leaving the 49ers to come to Washington Now, I was told he's not going to have the assistant head coach title. So I wonder if his contract was up Mm. and he was able to be a free agent and leave on his own accord. I don't know the answer to that. But it would seem to me that for him to leave the 49ers where he's an assistant head coach and come to Washington to have the same title as a run game coordinator, that's a step down. The Niners would have to let him walk. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the contract status was. It doesn't really matter. Former head coach for four seasons of the Chargers, helped develop Justin Herbert initially before they... Moved on from him. We can knock him as a head coach, and people will, I'm sure. It wasn't all that effective a you know, run. Um, as a coordinator, even, some questions, right? With the Lions, remember, he was the guy that they benched to give Ben Johnson the play calling right. duties. He was struggling. Johnson took over. They immediately got a lot better. But as a run game coordinator coming from San Francisco and Detroit, where they run the heck out of the football, uh huh. I like this hire. Same I love as, it. Brian Johnson, the OC play caller with the Eagles. Everyone's like, he's not a good OC. He's not a good play caller. Well, can he be a pass game coordinator and help you with your quarterback after helping Jalen Hurts? Well, Cliff Kingsbury was a terrible head coach. Okay. Could he be an offensive coordinator? Not worrying about being a head coach, maybe? This is a very qualified offensive staff. They got three guys now who have called plays, two who were head coaches, and a third in Johnson's case who interviewed for jobs this offseason.
3: So I love this Anthony Lynn hire. And people may not understand that, right? To your point, I think you laid out very well. This is a lesser role than the head coach. I would not want to be my head coach. Probably not my OC either. But the weakness that I perceive in Kingsbury's offensive system scheme's design is it's nothing but shotgun. The rushing numbers are buoyed by the fact that a running quarterback in Kyler Murray, who's running 125 times a year, give or take, their down-in, down-out running ability, married to play action, that kind of stuff, he, that's the thing he's not. he didn't re- doesn't really do or hadn't really done very well. The thing that I love in offense right now is snap. The play looks the same as every other play until it doesn't, right? Flat-footed defenders, play action off things, freezing linebackers, making guys flat-footed, you know, eye candy going different directions. The stuff that, you know, Ben Johnson runs, stuff that Kyle Shanahan runs and company. I love the idea of bringing in Anthony Lynn, who is as old school as they come in terms of running the football. Where do you make your cut? You know, what position are the linemen in? Are you on this outside shoulder? How does this zone work? All that kind of stuff. I want that marriage between run game, play action, passing game that I don't think really is Kingsbury's strength. I love bringing in Anthony Lynn to kind of balance that, the air raid, with a little bit of old-school smash mouth. People incorrectly think we hit running the ball. That's wrong. I only like effective plays. That guy comes from a tree of effective run games.
2: So it's in, it's an important hire. I think it's a really good hire. I'm very excited about it. You've, As I said, you've added more experience. This is a former head coach mm-hmm. for four years who isn't a head coach, he's not even a coordinator. I mean, he's basically three rungs down at this point. He's overqualified for a run game coordinating job. And if he picked anything up from Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco or from Ben Johnson in Detroit, you're way better off trying to run the football, as you just said, and marry some of the Kingsbury concepts to what he wants to do. So I really liked that. But the bigger hire today, the more exciting hire today, was in the front office where Adam Peters has picked his assistant general manager. We're going to get into that hire. We'll tell you who it is and why they chose who they did next right here on Grant and Danny. You're listening to the Fan.
5: Well, all that support and mentoring has gotten me here today. And this is where I'm supposed to be, the general manager of the Washington Commanders. And I, I can't tell you guys how excited I am to be here. It's This is absolutely incredible. I've been pinching myself and I'm so excited to get started. And I'm gonna tell you guys, I promise you, we're gonna work tirelessly to build this franchise. This is one of the cornerstone franchises in the NFL. The pillars of the National Football League is an incredible area. The DMV, our nation's capital, I could not be more thrilled to be here. Our family could not be more thrilled to be here today and lead you guys. I know how much this franchise means to our fans. Uh, I'm extremely, extremely motivated to deliver everybody what they deserve.
2: That was GM Adam Peters at his introductory press conference a few weeks ago now. He has hired Lance Newmark today as his assistant general manager. This is a massive addition for a couple reasons. hmm Number one, it moves the Marty party into advisory roles. Here we go. That's what I'm talking about. Until today. Annex the office. On the website, you just had a couple guys listed as general manager, basically. She says,
3: it's Marty and Marty and Marty just hanging out right towards the top of the page. I
2: didn't mind that because we all oh, knew I work was happening. Things were taking place. that They were getting their, their furniture set up in the new house. Here comes Lance Newmark, though. 28 years of experience, most recently as the Lions Senior Director of Player Personnel. He was a big part of both the draft and free agency for the Lions. They're on an absolute heater in both regards. He actually started in Detroit's scouting department way back in 1999 as far as draft prep went. How about it? But he has served in a ton of roles with the Lions, has kind of worked his way up from the bottom. Seven years as a Director, college scouting, two years as a uh, assistant to the director in that role, national scout for three years, area scout for six years. He's done a little bit of everything. But the last couple of years, everyone knows Brad Holmes, our general manager. I mean, he is one of the highest-ranking lieutenants underneath of Holmes, and that has been the team that drafted the best certainly the last year or two. And free agency's going pretty well for them too. So you went and you got a guy from one of the orgs doing it best. In Lance Newmark, love this massive hire. It also now means that Mayhew and Herney become just advisors and no longer have titles that are anything like general
3: manager. I love that. It's not everything I wanted, but I, I'll it'll it'll satiate me here for a while. But yes, to Newmark's resume, hell yeah. I mean, who, who is hotter right now than, than the more bound Detroit Lions have been terrible for decades, every bit as bad as Washington and worse in some areas. Just inept, can't get out of their own way. Starting a few years ago, you get a paradigm shift, you get Holmes in, and they have found a way to go from laughingstock to Super Bowl contender. All with a quarterback up, mind you, that a Super Bowl contender in their own right said, we can't do it with this guy anymore. We literally can't go another day with Jared Goff as our starter and that guy's in the NFC title game with a three-touchdown lead. This organization ripping that guy away from there because there may not be a path to, uh, to to a more senior role is a coup. It's outstanding. It's awesome. I just need some more Bill Lumberg action, moving the Martys down to storage room B, uh, get a can of pesticide and a flashlight. I love it, though. We're going to need you to come in on Saturday. Saturday, Marty.
2: Yeah. Here's the statement from Adam Peters on his new assistant general manager, Lance Newmark. He said, quote, Lance is someone that I've known and respected in the scouting community my entire career. He is a highly respected talent evaluator and a great leader who will fit perfectly into what we're building here in Washington. I want to thank Brad Holmes and the Lions organization for being first class and working with us on the process of bringing Lance to the DMV. Lance is a phenomenal person. He will immediately elevate our overall personnel function here at the Commanders, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Lance and his family to Washington, end quote. couple things about this statement. So first things first, this will come off like I have a man crush on Adam Peters who's very handsome, and that's because I have a man crush on Adam Peters who's very handsome.
3: That's right. Love you, Adam. But
2: I like when you acknowledge the organization someone's coming to and the process that they played. You know, or the part that they played in the process. So in other words, you call the Lions up. You get permission. Can I talk to your guy? I'm thinking about him as my AGM. Brad Holmes asked, that can block him. They can change his title. They can keep him there. And the Lions said, yeah, have a conversation with him. And however it worked out, obviously Peters found Holmes and the Lions to be really respectful throughout that process, and he shouted them out. Now, me complimenting him for putting that in his statement, whether that was his idea or somebody else's, I don't know. I like that, though. But it's nice. I just think it's classy. It's it's a nice thing to do. I like the idea of, hey, we got friends in every organization. We're just treating everybody with respect. Again, probably just that no matter what Adam Peters does right now, I like it. That's number one. Number two, I have noticed that Adam Peters has not quite gotten the Josh Harris memo that we don't use the word commanders. Have you noticed that?
6: Mm. Peters
2: does say commanders. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the name of the team. He shouldn't not say it. But my point is this ownership group, pretty clearly avoids it whenever they can, namely Harris. He calls him Washington or Washington football. Uh, and when you're writing a statement, you don't want to over say the same thing. You know, when I used to write columns or something, you would say Washington, then you would say the Redskins mm-hmm. and alternate. Yeah. And maybe that's what he's doing you the here.
3: person, then you say him or whatever, yeah.
2: But I noticed even in that press conference when you and I took away that Harris never said commanders and just kept saying, Washington or Washington football easy to notice right that uh, Peters is is a commanders guy I'm not telling you he loves the name but he is not making the decision no one told him hey just so you know we we're don't, trying to phase we that don't out. say commanders <laughs> so that that's a little bit of a tell yeah if Josh Harris you know wearing a polo that never has uh, the, the commander's logo or says commanders on it means something maybe it also means something that no one is told new GM Adam Peters let's not use the word commanders you're allowed to use it. You don't have to put a dollar in the jar over there
3: when you say it. No, it's a, it's a good observation. The The point about doing business the right way, I mean, think again about um. one-minute blanket on the player's name. Uh, the guy that was here, that Buffalo basically signed, came to terms with, then Washington ripped away again. Jaden catch- McKissick. Jaden McKissick. Thank you. Again, I, I don't know how underhanded that was. I know the Bills were pissed about it, for example, but it just it's one of those things that may not reap benefits right away. Right, doing business the right way, quote-unquote. And this is a competitive business, and everyone's trying to beat each other. But at the same time, behaving in that kind of, I thanked you, so you thank me, and here's your thank-you note, and everybody's just thanking each other all the time. That's a good thing, you know, conducting business the right way. Again, it's it's the anti-Snyder sort of regime, right? I mean, think about how they did stuff. And I remember that agent surveyed that Bruce Allen was the least trustworthy guy to, to have to deal with. That's, that stuff kind of comes back, you know? Like, it's not— every time doesn't mean you could never sign a free agent or never get a deal done with anybody, but it's these little tiebreakers. It's these little things where do people want to do business with you or not? Right. And it trickles down from the top. So I think it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you completely. I am elated with Lance Newmark being added. You have gone from, and I I know I'm, I'm kicking a couple guys while they're down and I, I apologize in advance because it's not personal in any way, and, and these are respectful, respectable pros, right? But you've gone from a front office run by Rivera, Herney, and Mayhew. In Rivera's case, he'd never done it before. In Herney's case, he only got that gig because he was the guy that hired Rivera. They were boys, and Rivera brought him back in. He'd been doing, I think, like a radio show. Mm-hmm. Mayhew, whose previous GM stint was for a team that went winless. You've gone from that triumvirate to. Peters. Who was the most sought after. Available GM candidate in the league. Who helped to build San Francisco. That just went to overtime in the Super Bowl. Would have been his fourth ring. He's got a ring everywhere he's been. This would have been. Checking the final box in San Francisco. Didn't get the ring. But it would have been his fourth. He's, he's going to have to settle for three for now. Mm-hmm. And Lance Newmark who has been one of the architects of this Lions team that has been a rocket ship the last couple of years, specifically because of their player acquisitions, yeah. because of the departments that he has helped to head. I mean, this is night and day, so I'm really, really excited. I want to circle back to the Marty party, though, for a moment. You've been very outspoken about being very angry mm-hmm. that they are still here. Is this okay now? This is way better advisor, right? Advisor is just code word for we'll call you when we
3: need you. Yep. You know? Yeah, they're they're sidelined now. And that's that's not 100% of what I want, but it's it's way closer to what I want than what they were doing before. Where Martin May he was doing the interviews to figure out who's who's going to coach and who's going to be in charge of stuff. Like so putting them in the distant down the depth chart is way more preferable to me.
2: The reason I ask is the last few weeks as we've discussed this, mm-hmm. I've said, dude, they're just just—they're on the payroll they're already. They're just going to have them file some reports and send them in as advisor types. Even that was still a bridge too far for you. Is it the addition of a new outside assistant GM that kind of puts you over the top? Yes. Because so- we didn't know. In fact, it was big news today. Yeah, I didn't know. It kind of came out of nowhere. We were hoping... We all assumed he was going to bring someone in to help him run the front office, but we had no idea. I kind of thought those guys would just be advisors. Maybe one or two scouting people from San Francisco or around the league would come in. I didn't know it would be, you know, a, a soon-to-be GM type potentially as an assistant general manager.
3: That feels really good. Yeah, it does too. So, the, I mean, again, I'm going, what role what are they going to have? Is it just through the draft or something like that? And then again, the story comes out about how the coaching interviews went. And there are multiple times where Mayhew and one other person are the guys meeting this dude, whoever the dude is, whoever the coach is. And I'm going, oh, my God, he's influential. The, 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 Mr. Not Correct, Mr. Cheese and to Ron Rivera by association. I just can't stomach it. He's intimately involved in that process. So I'm going, not only – and the report already comes out from John Kime and others. Yeah, they're going to keep him beyond this because of his relationship with Peters or or whatever. I'm going, that's this is a knock. This is not good. now that they have an assistant GM and they've moved the Martys way down the bench, that feels a lot better than just a couple of weeks ago where they're very prominently featured and one of the de- key decision makers, it seems sure. like, in this process.
2: Isn't it possible, though? And look, I I read, like you did, that he was in on those meetings and was taking it back and didn't love it. But it is possible that they needed or wanted his expertise on the building. Mm-hmm. We can make whatever jokes we want to about their batting average and free agency in the draft. But he has implicit, really valuable knowledge, presumably. And having him in on those meetings to call BS on certain things guys are saying, I think that player is an, is your your best linebacker or whatever. Like, it's not like Peters knows nothing about this team. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think he's watched every play from last season on every single player yet. Had that time to. So having Mayhew in on those meetings... Assuming he wasn't leading them, which there's no reason to believe that he was, probably wasn't a bad thing, really.
3: No, the keeping somebody because of the year calendar, because of the sports calendar, because of the NFL calendar, keeping somebody through the draft, these scouts and everybody, I understand that. There, there are logistics involved to this thing, especially when you have a new GM coming in that's gonna try to implement his culture into the organization and all the different and all the different pieces that have to move. Keeping those guys on for the short term, I understand it. I don't love it, but I get it, right? You read the report though that he's going to be here beyond this transition ter- uh, time. That's alarming to me, right? That that, that those reports and I'm going. This is not just some temporary thing. This is a still a, a higher up in this new regime, and it didn't make me feel very good. Now that they've been superseded, and there's a, a, a the right hand man, the hand of the king, so to speak, is a qualified dude from a great organization, and the Marty's are way down the bench as advisory roles. That's like what Joe Thisman kind of does for them, or or Doug Williams is, is sort of doing as an advisor fine, you can keep them in, in, in that kind of group. Way better for me.
2: Yeah, my guess is they'll be way more involved than like a Theisman who just comes in. I know, I'm being hyperbolic, but, but yes. Sure, but my point is just to quantify it. I'll bet you they they file reports. They say, hey, give us a write-up on what you see on this. You know, break the film down on the offense, the defense. Hey, watch these free agents we're considering signing. Tell us what you think. What do you think of these draft prospects? And it's just one of a bunch of people who will have a voice in the room potentially. Are you guys okay with the Martys hanging around in this capacity? There was a lot of pushback. The idea initially of the Marty party staying in D.C. went over like a fart in church. Are you okay with them still in D.C. as advisors now that Adam Peters has a right-hand man from outside the building? We're
3: Grant and Danny on the fan.
5: It was everything to me this opportunity with this ownership group in this place i can't tell you how much that meant to me and in our family and that's why when this came up, came about and i got to meet with everybody right away i was all in i probably wasn't a very good negotiator but i told them <laughs> i was all in and that made it easy for me to, to pass up other opportunities uh, which were great opportunities as well But this was the best opportunity in my mind in the NFL.
2: That's Adam Peters. Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. The dream is alive. And I'm not talking about the documentary film released in June 1985 about NASA's space shuttle program. I'm talking about having a real general manager and an assistant GM who's awesome, too. First time for everything, ladies and gentlemen. And over the last just decades, 30 years, this is time number one for a lot of us who are in our 30s fans of this team. Uh, The news today, Lance Newmark coming over from the Lions. He's helped run their draft. They just had a home run again this year in the draft. Has helped run free agency as well. Because he's now working directly as the assistant GM with Adam Peters. That's an office bit, right? Assistant to the versus assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, very, very different. Uh, but it, because he's the assistant GM, it means now he can slide the Martys over and they'll be advisors. Danny's been way more adamant that he just wants everyone gone that was with Ron. I don't really, uh, to say that I don't care is probably not the right way to phrase it, but I think they can add value, to be honest with you, in the right role. In the same way that I'm saying Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't be my head coach hire, um, he might be an OKOC. Okay I'm not saying I'm thrilled about it, but I, I'm willing to to see what happens. I didn't want Brian Johnson calling plays. I like him as a pass game coordinator. I wouldn't have wanted Anthony Lynn as my coordinator. Maybe he could be a good run game coordinator. So whether they're here or not, it doesn't matter. I think their job is minimal. I think they're on the payroll and they don't want to pay him to do nothing or or fire them because then you're just paying them to go sit on the beach and vacation for a year. So you might as well get some intel from them and have them do some write-ups. And Danny, if you really think they're so bad at it, then zig when they zag,
3: but at this thing do the yeah, opposite. Yeah. I think there's
2: value in having them around, and the role is very minimal.
3: It it is now, which is why I'm grateful. I'm happy now. Way I was irritated before, but that I,
2: was always coming.
3: It wasn't always coming. That, that's that's the difference between you and everybody else. When he, when we read, he's going to be here after this trial interim period or whatever. That doesn't sound minimal. That sounds like he's Adam Peters' guy. They're no, friends from San Francisco. As we
2: talked about when I reached out over
3: there. That was kind of the
2: role they said they're carving out for him.
3: Was was special assistant to the advisor of the of the basement yeah, that, office that he would file some reports. Then and- then I didn't get it. I mean, to me, this is someone who did the interviews for the coaches. He's so intimately involved, and he needs to be annexed and gone forever. Send his ass to Siberia like the guy that screwed up in Mission Impossible. No to everyone who sucks. If you were there making bad decisions, you should be fired. This is so simple and easy to me. This is the Dan Snyder, Poison Tree, bullcrap, and a guy that's like, Emmanuel Forbes, it's going to be there. Fired so hard. This is the next best thing that their opinion doesn't matter anymore. It's cute. It's not what I want, but I'll take it. Because it's way better than him being like, what do you bring? What's your worst strength? What's the what's the biggest weakness you have as a head coach? In the interview for the head coach of the franchise, please, please understand, it's so easy to find a replacement level, you know, a football executive guy that doesn't have the baggage with this fan base of this clown shoe, the both clown shoes that are Ron's butt buddies. I stand up there and go, I agree with coach for four years. I disagree with coach. Hire me. Oh, my God, get him out of there. For the record, I don't
2: disagree with your take that they should be fired just based on the job that they did. In fact, I I agree with it. Like, I'm not pushing back on you. Mm -hmm. I guess my point is, as long as they're not that involved, it it doesn't move me to emotion. But, yes, do they deserve to have a job based on their performance? No. If they came in and cleaned house, it would have made a lot more sense. Chris is in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris?
5: What's up, I, Danny? I, I feel like you are a very difficult child to please. Yes. You know, it's like, like I, you know, if if they,
3: if they brought you the peanut butter jelly sandwiches, did you have to have crust removed and? You
2: can't <laughs> eat it with, with the crust pot? on. That's a good bit.
3: Like, did you was did it have to? Do you prefer diagonal cut or horizontal? Or? Again, you're asking great questions. So diagonal cut is a better cut. Everyone knows the sandwich tastes better when it's cut diagonally. Okay. Um, listen, I think this is kinda like you know when you start a new job and you're like, Well, how do
5: I dial out and someone's like, You gotta press nine first or you gotta do whatever? You need someone like that around to tell you like how to, you know, make a phone call in the office. And I think that's what the Martys
3: are. I think they're just a the guy that knows like, hey, the bathroom is this way or the water cooler's in that room and- I think you're kinda right. I can help Chris. you get your key card sorted out.
2: Yeah, yeah, I actually love the take there. Maybe not to the extent of Adam not being able to dial the phone, but the football version of that. Let's go to Nate Silver Spring on GND. What's up, buddy?
6: What's up, boys? Happy Valentine's Day. Congratulations to all us fellas out here whose wives, um, who have been asleep for two, six months, sit up like The Undertaker on a day like today. <laughs> but um, Wow. Anyway, hey,
2: I'm not um, endorsing that comment, just in case yeah, just my, my wife's there, listening. Just
6: throwing it out there. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with Danny, man. They're like, I don't understand
3: why they're still here. For me, like you have to earn your keep around here from now on. I'm tired of giving people money and jobs when they didn't perform. And then when you guys said that with, that, that that one of the Marty's like was running a radio show
6: and the other one w- was winless, and his like, I said, "Are you kidding me? Like these guys weren't even qualified to begin with." So to me, they they they, they should be gone. And it's just another stench, you know, involved with Ron that is still around.
2: Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you, buddy. It's good and at times even a funny phone call early on. Uh, Yeah, that was my gripe the whole time. There was not another GM job in the league that Martin Mayhew would have gotten. Period. Mm -hmm. Wasn't happening. Marty Herney was not turning down any opportunities. I don't even know what his title was. But he was effectively every bit as powerful as Martin Mayhew without the GM title. He hadn't been in football. His friend, Rivera, who he hired as a head coach once, gave him that job. That's how they got those jobs. So it's not like they had long track records of winning and success. In fact, it's been the opposite, largely, as executives. And then this thing happened with Washington over the last couple of years, 21, 22, 23, for Mayhew specifically. But they've been demoted
3: which is great.
2: And you got a guy in here who has kicked butt in the draft in free agency with a team that's come the furthest over the last four years of any organization. In the yeah,
3: league. they were three laps behind
2: and now they're leading. I love it. Grant and Danny on the fan. We want to get back into the coaching staff a little bit later on. Are you more excited about the offensive or defensive side that Dan Quinn put together? But I caught up with a former Redskin at the time that he was playing. Had a great conversation with him out in Vegas. I want you guys to hear